0: Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken.
1: Good morning for, for the ones who are here in the in this part of the world, and it's good afternoon for our brother Jimmy, uh, there in Kampala, Uganda. Um, what, one, one o'clock there, Jimmy? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, so they're about seven, seven hours a, ahead of us. Yeah. Um, mm. So, yeah, welcome to the call here. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about is the purpose of Strength of Strength. I think this uh, call got started uh, a little bit over a year ago. Um, it, it was actually a daily call at that time. Patrick started that. It was happening every morning at 6 o'clock. And then as the pandemic wore on and we got tired, um, it went to a, just a weekly call. Um, but that was some, some good memories and then it got named strength to strength and one of the, the the verse um that we use here um talks about it's out of it's out of psalms and talks about the idea of going from strength to strength which means going from less strength to more strength and and that's what god wants to do for us he wants to help us go from weakness to lot becoming a lot more stronger and he pours out grace into our lives in So many ways to help us to do that. And this morning, um, uh, I'm, I'm confident that our, our talk here with our brother Jimmy from from Uganda is going to be one of those talks that's going to encourage us and challenge us uh, to be faithful Christians. So it's a real blessing to have brother Jimmy Zanza here with us uh, from Uganda. And um, he and I met earlier this week uh, on zoom and, and got to know each other. So that was a real blessing I got to hear his story earlier this week, so I the, I'm, I'm the one who's got the special blessing here to hear it a couple times. Um, so, but before we get started, why don't we just, just bow our heads for prayer and, and, and ask God to bless us in a special way? Let's pray, <clears throat> kind heavenly Father, thank you for your mercies that are new again here this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you want to see us grow to become stronger, to go from weakness to strength, from strength to strength. And you bring circumstances, you bring people into our lives. You speak to us through your written word, the Bible. Uh, you, 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 you call us into communities where we can walk together. Um, you've given us, and most of all, you've given us the, the incredible uh, revelation um, of, of Jesus, your son, him coming to earth and, and showing us what it looks like to be to be yours, to be like you. And so we thank you, Lord, for that incredible revelation, that amazing reality of, of Jesus Christ, your son, and how that we can become your children through his sacrifice. And so, Father, I ask, Lord, that you would just bless this call in a special way this morning. Bless our brother, Jimmy. Give him a clear mind, Lord, as he's going to be sharing hard things, uh, things that aren't so old in his life, as, as he's chosen to follow Christ and to forsake all. Father, they're, they're, they're hard things, painful things, I'm sure. And so, Father, pray that you'll give him just special um, strength to share this morning, help him to just uh, have a clear mind, Father. And Father, most of all, may your kingdom come, and may your will be done uh, through, through this call and in our lives today. And we ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, um, so we, we plan to do a little more of an interview <coughs> style here this morning. Jimmy wanted me to do it that way, um, and uh, so I'm more, I'm very happy to to do that. So, Jimmy, why don't you um, first of all tell us ab- uh, ab- about yourself? Um, mm-hmm. You know what you're all into currently. Um, a little bit about. Your church there, and just you know some of your some of the things that you were doing this week, um, if you will, just some of the things that that happen in your life normally or regularly mm-hmm. right now, um, also, if you could tell us about uh, your country there a little bit too, um, what city you're from there in Uganda, just a little bit about the culture so we can kind of mm-hmm. envision what what life is like for you there, so okay. go ahead
0: <laughs> yeah, good morning, everyone. It's afternoon, my side. Like uh, Martin said, I'm um, Nsanze Jime from Uganda. Uganda is found in East Africa. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm currently staying in Kampala. Kampala is the capital city of Uganda. Uh-huh. Uh, Kampala is like, uh, it's it's like a hub it brings many people from different parts of the country, so to get a clear picture, I would call it Corinth like okay. the church in Korean. no sure. how it was people okay. coming from different parts yeah so i'm twenty six years old, very single and <laughs> I just found my way back to God uh, last year. Uh, I mean, to the kingdom part, I thought I was a Christian. But as time went on, I started feeling like there was something wrong with my uh, Christian walk, and then somehow got back to the journey of the, the narrow path, carrying my cross day by day. Was trying all those things. So, what was the question? Uh, the other question,
1: oh, yeah, just um, tell us a little bit about your life, like some of the things that okay. you're into right now. Okay, yeah, don't you're doing great, uh, brother?
0: I grew up, uh, as a Christian from a Christian home. My dad was a pastor, Protestant,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but uh deep in me i felt like when i would look around people around me who are christians my family i felt like christianity wasn't something that was good as everyone was saying Hmm. but i couldn't talk about it in my family because i knew they're all christians i would be seen as the rebellious son of a pastor I chose to keep quiet, but I lost interest in following Christ, uh, given what I was seeing. So what that meant is that I started slowly distancing myself from Christ, uh, pursuing the pleasures of this world, hoping like, to get happiness. I, I misused my life a little bit, a deep I was addicted, many things. But later I realized that what I felt was happiness wasn't real happiness. Mm. So I was in this situation of asking myself, like, I was wondering what, whether I have a reason to live. And, and doing all that, there were, there were a lot of things going on in my mind, in my heart, but I could not open up to my family. I felt like they wouldn't understand. So mm-hmm. during that time, I lost hope. I was working, but I wasn't feeling really good, like spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. I made some bad decisions, serious decisions. So I, I thought of joining the army as a wolf, mm, uh, national army, as a wolf dodging this whole life that i was i had put myself into uh joining army would be so easy for me because i had a connection from my family they had always encouraged me to join police or army but i didn't want that at that point i felt like that was the only option i had so
1: sure so Uh, you're saying that um you were considering joining the the uh the the army of Uganda, right? Yeah. Yes. and yes, um, yes. you said that you're you had some family connections to the army. Yeah, so yeah. like, was your father or some of your siblings part of the army yes, or how? how okay.
0: They are soldiers. Some are soldiers. Others have been in Iraq for you, uh, like UN peacekeeping missions, Somalia, okay. South Sudan. Mm-hmm. So my family is really into. A lot of things, so to them joining army doing like joining work, have, working with the government, especially with army, was a big thing. So for me, declining their offers many times between wow. really portrayed me as a guy who doesn't really take up opportunities. So mm-hmm. I had all those challenges going on in my family.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: if, so during that wanna- time.
1: If you could just back up a little bit, um, mm-hmm. you had told me uh, earlier this week that I, I believe your your father would have had several wives. Um, yes. is, is is that pretty common there in Uganda? Like polygamy? I know is, you know uh, I know it's definitely in Africa. Um, well, mm-hmm. it's in America too, <laughs> um, different mm-hmm. different sex. But um, yeah, what? How how was that for you um, growing up?
0: Hmm. <clears throat> so originally, my father was a Catholic. Okay. So he he converted to protest uh, like he he changed to un, uh coming a Protestant. But I think in his time having many wives, he was like a of gaining respect, honor in Africa. There are a lot of funny beliefs, especially with polygamy and all those things. And my father. Sure. He was one of them. I think he told me he had eight wives, <laughs> beginning. okay, but as time went on, he kept on uh, separating them, divorcing with them, and he was left with my mom and his first wife, my stepmother. Mm-hmm. So as time went on, he felt convictions of how he was using his life, I guess so and uh, Christian our In our district, my village wasn't really serious, so he wanted he was considering being a pastor. Sure. So one of the requirements was that he had to, there's no way he could be a pastor with two wives. The Bible doesn't really accept that. So he had to choose to either stick with one and divorce another. So he chose to. Let go of my mom. Uh, by then, I think my mom told me that I was four years. Uh,
1: uh, there we go.
0: Uh-huh. Sorry. Someone okay. tried to stop. Uh,
1: there's no problem. Uh,
0: uh, during that time, my mom told me I was four years old. mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. And uh, we were three, so we were still young then. So he chose to really not take care of us, be responsible. He was suggesting that he gets my mom another man so that my mom will leave his property, all those things. But my mom really said, no, she wasn't going anywhere. She wanted to take care of us. Mm. My dad tried to forcefully send her away, but she, she involved church leaders. Uh, the church he was fellowshipping with then. He really said he was insisting that my mom should go and then they had to involve local leaders and things were sorted through the local leadership. And then he divided small portion of land and a very funny house uh, old. so my mom chose to stay there and take care of us. Mm-hmm. So I grew up uh with mom as the only boy. So as you may understand, as a boy growing with a, a single mother who has uh-huh. to really think about how children have to feed, how maybe the old house is really shaky, she's scared about her mm-hmm. kid all those things. She didn't have enough time to really concentrate on uh raising me. And I was also stubborn, like as a boy, and the comment I was living in was really hard for me to be obedient. So it was hard on her side. I can understand, but that's how I think all things began. <laughs> in my life. I, I
1: think um, yeah. all of us would would look back at her at her at our youth and and kind of shake our heads at how hard we we were for our parents. So you're, you're not the only one on the call. <laughs> Yeah,
0: so that gave me a wrong picture of a pastor not being responsible for his uh, actions and especially taking care of us as children. He really didn't do any contribution financially apart from dividing, getting a piece of land and doing that. So Hmm. my mom had to find ways of making sure that we survived. Wow. So that's the bit about uh, my family which really affected the way i saw so christianity and uh, the whole thing uh, it was inconsistency and that was standard, like hypocrisy to me seeing all these things happening in my family hmm. so that was the beginning of uh, me questioning christianity and all those
1: sure. things. yeah so that just that all those experiences um, made you resist Christianity, or maybe, maybe better towards those who call Bitter. themselves Christians? Mm-hmm.
0: Bitter against Christianity and everyone. So it was really hard for me to see the beauty of Christianity. Yeah. They made it hard for me to, to see what Christianity was. You mm-hmm. are doing a lot of talking with no actions, and the actions wouldn't really affect what they say, so I feel like uh, so. When that happened, that's when I went to the other extreme of pursuing <laughs> as I was growing per- Said, let me enjoy life pursuing all these things, and then I ended up becoming enslaved to many things addictions to alcohol, drugs. Mm, sure. Wow. And all, many things. I'm a combination of. <laughs> Uh, many, many things that the world has been through, so has brought mm-hmm. so but talking about Uganda a little bit, Uganda is like heavily influenced by i think Hollywood uh there's that kind of influence of Hollywood. I hope everyone understands Hollywood oh Hollywood, um, yeah, 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 American. sure, Hollywood yeah, something like that, wow, so. For us growing up, TV, seeing the news, all these things seemed cool to us. So that's what uh, that was our definition of happiness, seeing all this Hollywood stuff. Mm. So part of doing that was wanting to be cool, but sure, it didn't turn out to be good.
3: Yeah,
0: wow.
1: So growing up, even in the village, you would have had like TV piped in there, okay
0: yeah we'd have some uh i think video halls and remember I said I was very disobedient, so that meant I'd move wherever I wanted, nobody restricting me so I had access to many sure. many things hmm. yeah
1: yeah thanks for thanks for sharing that That's some difficult things and I'm sure there's Many more on the call here who can, who can relate to some of those experiences that you're sharing. You know, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, well, as you did too. Um, but you know, my parents definitely were were striving to follow Jesus, um, not perfectly, of course. Um, but um, would have definitely been a, di- a different circumstances than what what you would have experienced. So it's it's exciting to see how you're not allowing those difficult experiences to keep you from following Christ.
0: Yeah. So I was saying that, uh, we asked her whether my family was a little bit, uh, patriotic, whether serving the government was something that was important. I think. Right. I would say yes. I would say yes. And, it's ev- I think it is everyone's desire to see, in our family at least, to see one join the government, working with the government. That is a very, very good thing to my family. Hmm. But that wasn't my desire growing up. And yeah, so <clears throat> about, about how I joined the church and my baptism, before I, would, uh, before I joined Followers of the Way, I I, I was baptized okay. by immersion. Mm-hmm. But when I started questioning how I've been working, my work with Christ and my life, and uh, when I joined the church, I really felt like my baptism didn't count. I didn't understand the meaning of baptism. Sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It is something that I did out of peer pressure, or fun, like, I didn't really understand what baptism meant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, but before I joined the church, there were a lot of things that I uh, I was, I had questions in my mind, a lot of questions. But during that time, I bumped into one of my friends now, best friends now. It's called Uh Stanley, called Nelson. I mistook him for a friend from Leeds. Okay. I had been serving in a restaurant, so I knew that friend from Leeds. So I, I mistook Stanley for, for that friend of mine. Then he kept on inviting me on some programs, church programs. Uh, sure. So this, about
1: this, this Stanley brother, Stanley Cornelson, he was from the church there at the at, uh, College of the Way.
0: Yeah, I think he was on a visit. Okay. Uh, to do and so you, you thought,
4: watch.
1: gotcha. So you you thought he was a friend, um, and uh, you came up to him and said, "Hey," but it but it wasn't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. But he was
0: he was interested in talking to me, and he invited me at one of the programs that the church organizes. Followers sure. of the way. I participated and remember I was in that state of, I was questioning whether my life was useful. So every time I would come here uh, under this program, it's a youth program, I'd feel at home. Talking to different people, I'd feel really at home. In my my heart, I determined to always come every weekend and be part of that program. So the more I came, the more I realized there were a lot of things that were happening. With this group of people that mm-hmm. i didn 't know clearly, but they were really convicting, like the way they welcomed me, like hospitality, the way they like talked to me openly, so every time I would go back, I would keep thinking about all these things. they got stuck in my heart because mm. it was something new to me so <clears throat> I started noticing that like uh, they, they, they were different from the whites or bazungu. We call white, uh, like Americans, what but we call them bazungu in Uganda. Okay. Or whites. I hope that okay. is not a bad word. But <laughs> uh, so I saw their behaviors. They were really different from the bazungu I had seen for the entire of my life. I started asking different questions and then they would refer to me to the Bible, but uh, deep in my heart I didn't want to go back and read the Bible because I had really hated the Bible and whatever it says. But somehow I would go there. So I I remember I had questions about, modesty because I saw the sisters, they would invite us for dinner at church. But Mm -hmm. see how the sisters and church were dressed. And to me, that looked like village ish. Like I didn't expect a white man uh, or a white young woman dressed like that. Mm. Because in my mind I knew America is being every American school. They must like they understand freedom or they understand democracy or those things. So I was wondering, like, I was asking myself why they were doing that. So the ma would ask them, they would tell me they are obeying the Bible and the teachings sure. of Jesus. And all hmm. that, and I would be like, huh, this is serious. I, I've lived with Christians in my family for 25 years. Uganda is a Christian nation I've never heard of anyone dress like this and say they are being the Bible I was like my mind I was like maybe these guys are talking about a different kind of Bible that I do not understand. <laughs> okay. They went on, they showed me verses I I felt like maybe they were giving me their own Bible. Okay. A Bible of their own making. I use different <laughs> versions. Even sure. the versions that our Ugandans would trust. And I realized the Bible is saying the same thing, so I was disturbed. I would go back and ask my brother, who is a pastor also, okay. with a police officer at the same time.
1: Okay, so okay, a pastor, a pastor, and a police officer. Your brother, you said. Yes.
0: Interesting. Yes. Okay. Uh huh. So I would go to him and ask him why, like, Michael, like why has he he has never told me this thing exists in the Bible? and I've never seen his children dress modestly, Hmm. I I would ask him, but all he would do is be defensive and tell me that I'm being very stubborn. And to me, that wasn't answering my questions because I was genuine. I wasn't coming from a point of being stubborn and arrogant and disrespectful. So the more he pushed me away from, from asking questions, And then I kept on digging the Bible down, asking them to tell me more things that I've not heard about. And then they brought up this piece of non-resistance. And I was like, Mm, non-resistance? What does that mean practically? I have never heard of non-resistance. They went deep to explain to me what that means, how they don't support uh, joining forces. And remember that time I was thinking about joining the army I was sure like, huh, these guys are really interested in making me fail in life and like if they are telling me that I can't join forces then they, they, it is going to be hard for me that's the only option wow. I have what life so
1: sure so you're saying yeah th- so you were beginning to understand non-resistance um, and and that all of a sudden it began to occur to you that if you join this group or if you embrace this kind of Christianity, no yep. longer could you be patriotic or even join the army, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Sure.
0: And, and, and Go ahead. And non-resistance, they really talked uh, about many things that non-resistance covers. And these are things that are uh, I had embodied in my life growing up. I had never thought of as bad. And I was really thinking about how I can let go Mm -hmm. of all these things and how, whether it was even practical for me. And like that concept really didn't make sense to me for a while. And I said, I'll press on, I read the Bible. And when they referred me to the Sermon on the Mount, it was really in black and white. I had no excuse. I had no excuse wow. to say that this is not true. Hmm. I went to my brother, who's a, pro- a police officer and a pastor. I asked him what he understands by this. Being a police officer at the same time, a pastor, I asked him. Oh, man, he was so defensive. He was like, Jimmy, if we have decided to disagree, do not ever mention, talk about God in my, as long as you're staying in my house. If you want to talk about God, move out. That's the only way you can talk about God. And that, to me, that disturbed me Hmm. the more. And I kept bringing different discussions. And uh, he wasn't really giving me answers. All he would do is he would try to shut me down. And I think that moment, I wasn't willing to be shut down as well. Mm -hmm. So then I kept on asking. I came to a point where I had it. I had to make a decision whether I would listen to my brother or what I had believed uh, for 25 years or what i had seen for 25 years. Or whether I would throw it away and follow these, this small group of people who are mm. seeing things in, in an upside way. Like, But the Bible really sees it really well. It is clear. I can read the Bible for myself. I can understand. So it was really... Um, had time for me to make a decision, but I had to be really honest with myself, sure and say whether choose whether to obey the Bible and Christ or people. so I chose to uh, to join the church and when I joined the church, wow, man there were a lot of things that I had never thought of they they seemed hard in the beginning. They felt like this, I felt like this is what I wanted. That's why that's what I wasn't getting in the beginning. So now I have it, but I'm now scared. But I really have to be a part of these people. Since we are walking the same direction, let me okay. be part of this goal. If we are ending in a bad direction, people would label me many things. They will say, I'm being indoctrinated, I'm being all sorts of names. But I said. If I'm being called all these things, yet the Bible says this is what should be done, I said, I'd rather be indoctrinated by the Bible. Sure, by obeying the Bible. That's how I ended up making that mm-hmm. decision.
1: Joining the church. Yeah. Sure. So you're saying that there's <clears throat> your family was is concerned that maybe you were being indoctrinated with okay. in a wrong way and maybe led like uh, into yeah. a group that, that's really against Christ. Um, like I'm just religious. curious, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. You know what, brother? I think you could turn your, your video on. I, the, the You're coming through really well.
0: Okay.
4: Yeah,
1: great. Awesome. Um, so um, just question for you, like, so with, with your family today, um, and maybe I should ask this way, just in general, like a, as you chose to become part of that church and the kingdom way, following Jesus, the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, um, being obedient mm-hmm. to to Jesus' kingdom. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we know that it, it brought lots of pushback from your family. Um, was is there any other sacrifices that, that you had to make? I'm just thinking there's. People on this call, you know, or who will be listening, who are, who are considering taking this radical step. And it's, it's scary to, to take a step like that and, and become a kingdom Christian, become a true follower of Christ. There's so many sacrifices. What were some of those? And, and, and how did you, um, and I'm sure you're still even dealing with them today, but what, yeah, what, what enables you to, to continue to make those sacrifices? And even at that point, take that step.
0: Uh, I had reached a point of questioning my life, how I was using my life. I had hated myself. And I had bought a lot of things to like bad choices in my life. So I had no option. I had, I think all I was left with is to either join the forces or take my life down somehow. Because during that period, I was even sleeping on, on the streets by the time I was having all these questions. So, but I never mentioned that I was sleeping on the streets with the brothers, uh, people in you know, Nigeria because I was also concerned about how they would see me. Maybe to mention this, Africa or Uganda in particular, it's uh, a honor and shame character. And you know what that means is, you really try to protect <laughs> your honor or things like that. Sure. Yes. So for me, I didn't mention all those things in fear of how they would see me. All those. There were a lot of things going on. Starving, but the, the little meal I would get at, at, at Sunday service invitation for, for, for the visitors, that would really be a good, good meal for pushing like a day or two, something like that. So, when I, other sacrifices I made, I think were to really continue learning. Uh, before I joined the church, I had many questions. Uh, looking at the Bible, even when I have no hope of what to, hear, to eat or those things. Walking from different narratives to I was really surviving on handouts, moving here and there in that time. So, but I really felt like my commitment to learn the bible during that period was something was my biggest commitment in life after 25 years to me mm-hmm. and to come to a conclusion to join the church after i have really counted the cost after i've really asked hard questions it was something that i i feel like i i am proud of even now yeah so i think that those are the sacrifices i made yeah. They're not mm-hmm. much, but they mean
1: a lot to me. Yeah. Sure. So, <laughs> you talked about how um, the the brothers and sisters there um, at at the church made you feel mm-hmm. welcomed, or you mentioned hospitality. Wow. Um, oh. uh, so, yeah, maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Like, you know, all of us okay. here want to see more people um, mm-hmm. coming true followers of christ and making these sacrifices mm-hmm. uh, maybe talk a little bit about yeah uh, about the hospitality or what they all did to make you feel welcome um and uh yeah maybe even yeah uh, yeah just put some pointers there of, of, of what that was so so we can learn and yeah. and, and and use those uh, in, in our lives
0: i had a uh... Before joining the church, I had worked in a restaurant, so I understood what hospitality meant, Mm -hmm. but in the business context. But uh, when I joined the church, in my heart, according to how they all come to me, they are are really humble, all of them. I've never seen anyone humble around (laughs) me, like the way they were. (laughs) instead of accepting that right away I was questioning, but I was wondering whether they are not planning to do something really dangerous to my life, like to hurt me, maybe to abduct me, to kidnap me. <laughs> like, I in my mind, I wasn't very, very, I was scared of what sure. was, what I was seeing, but I knew it was good, but I was very scared. But as time went on, I started seeing other native brothers, really comfortable with everyone. I was like, okay, since these native brothers, my fellow brothers from Uganda are comfortable with them, let me hang around and I try to do it. But it's hard to explain exactly how, uh, how, how they were really hospitable, but I can say that they beat my understanding when it comes to hospitality. As someone who had served for a year, two years, in a mm-hmm. restaurant. Day. We hope those people understand hospitality. Sure. Even myself, I was an embodiment. I thought I was really, I understood hospitality, but when I saw that, I was really challenged. Mm. And how they welcomed us in, our, in their homes, different, different times, dinners, and all those things. That challenged me, but it was good. So... Part of joining the church was I wanted to learn to be humble because I was Mm it. And I wanted to to do whatever they wanted to do, whatever they were doing to me. I wanted, I feel like I need to do all these things to others. And so I said, let me get in. Whatever comes, whether I'm scared, I'm too skeptic about whatever will come, let me just face it and, and join. And I joined and it was... It felt like heaven on earth for me. You know, yeah. the idea of Eden, like, on earth, <laughs> yeah. if, to me, that was the moment, like, joining the church. So, yeah, that was Praise God. how I would describe the hospitality. Like, I have no much sure. words to explain sure. about it in details. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, tell us a little more about, uh, maybe... Was there any other resources? Um, so you have the the Antioch training center there, or the resource center um, there in, yes. in in Kampala. Was was that instrumental in, in you becoming uh, a better understanding of the Kingdom of God and and what yeah. it, what it looks to follow Christ? And then maybe ta- tell us more about like what you're doing there today with with the Antioch Center, maybe your part in that. So.
0: So Antioch was is a, a project under the church, mm-hmm. and the the focus and the goal is to make Uganda the Antioch. The Antio- I think I'm sure all of you know the Antioch in the Bible, That's where right. Paul gets into Peter's face and tells him like all those things. I mean, as a place of exchanging ideas and yes. learning and all those things. So that for me during that time i would devote i would spend a lot of my time here but that's the period when corona was around so antioch offices were closed so we uh, we really i really asked the brothers in the church especially Charlton, who is the i think the director mm-hmm. i was really questioning a lot of things so i think they, they decided to set up a class in his home Sure. For people like you who are interested in that. During Corona, so could social distance come, study. During that period, I really... Uh, he gave me... There's a course that we he created under this church. It's called Creation to New Creation. Mm-hmm. It's just an overview of the Bible, trying to help people connect dots, which I'm currently doing as a trainer, like as a teacher, a Bible okay. teacher here. But before that, he... He recommended Historic Faith. It's a project under Sattuwa College. And Historic Faith, I joined Historic Faith with this hunger for knowing the truth. And the content I found there was really resonating with what I wanted to hear. So I subscribed for six months. Mm
1: -hmm. So the the Historic Faith... uh, you did the courses yes. on the historic faith? Sure. Uh, yeah. Have you done all of them?
0: I finished all of them, I think, within a period of five months. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, five months. The whole course, <laughs> I finished <laughs> them and really understood them. Okay. And I think I would give credit to historic faith. Hmm. And then, uh course, Creation to New Creation, which he created, for sure. me, helping me understand uh, the kingdom Uh, message and what that means. Mm -hmm. And so to to be clear, I I didn't know that there was something called Anabaptists. Okay. So I just got to know that when I joined the church, Mm -hmm. uh, I asked them, what kind of church is this? Where does it come from? And then they mentioned Anabaptists. I was like, what is Anabaptists? And then they went on to explain to me, And then I kept hearing it in the historic faith and the idea, the theology of Anabaptists and looking at the history. It was so fascinating and encouraging. I felt every time I would go to historic faith, I would feel like I would would get a feeling of praying for persecution in Uganda so that I can show off what my love for Christ. Wow. That's how far... I, I was just, that's the how I was feeling. Because mm-hmm. looking at different church fathers, the Polycarp, Tartorian, Origin. Yes. I, I felt like, wow, these guys really understood Christ. And I want to, I want to work like them and all that. So that encouraged me that it strengthened me. I felt like I'm in the right place. Uh, I don't care whether my family doesn't wow. understand me, even how they don't. Hmm. I don't care whether other people don't see, but they were seeing fruits. The fruits that are, I was no longer drugs. So I was no longer arrogant and disobedient. They were, after doing his historic faith, after going mm-hmm. through, learning how to connect dots, what the Bible is, and the Bible being an epic story, an epic narrative yes. that points to Jesus, all those Amen. things. In my mind, I was like, "Yeah, I want to. I don't care what my family says. I don't care what many people say around me, and let me be a part of this body." So, my consistency and my the fruits I was they started looking at how my life was changing. Really, the somehow started. uh, It was like they started keeping quiet. They stopped putting pressure on me. Something like that. Until now, they are not sure whether I'm in the right place, but at least they can see that Jim is not wrong in uh, is not misusing his life like he was 25 years ago. Amen. (laughs) So, this guy—that's how it was.
1: Beautiful. Very well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jimmy, for sharing your story here. We're about 10 minutes to the top of the hour. I would like to open it up here in just a moment for anyone from the group here to ask you a question. Um, so, yeah, I'll do that here in just a moment. Um, maybe, but before that, I'll ask you one more question. And that is, um, what, are, what are some of the things that you're doing right now to advance God's kingdom there? I mean, obviously, I know that you're studying, you know, you're, you're pretty early on in your kingdom journey. But mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm confident that you're that you're at work at advancing His kingdom. So, what are yes. what are some ways that you're doing that?
0: <clears throat> I'm working as a Bible teacher, employed by Antioch. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh I've been studying really. I've been provided with a lot of uh, materials and sources to to really learn more about. Uh, the Bible, God, so all those things I'm putting mm-hmm. and I feel like I can help many brothers around to connect dots of what the Bible story is all about and what what Jesus is and why we should obey him and all those things. So I'm currently working as a Bible, trained Bible teacher.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but just giving an overview. Um, I didn't go into an, a seminary, but I'm using the knowledge that I acquired from historic faith and other materials that have been provided to teach. Mm-hmm. So that's my current, that's my current job. Very good. When, uh, I'm really focused right. on the Bible.
1: And, and how do you uh, recruit students for that center? How, how do you get the word out about it? And where do you find the students for there?
0: Some of them are just friends. You meet someone on the way, you tell them the Bible and, and how they like, use your knowledge and how your interpretation of the Bible and maybe they are fascinated by the way you see mm-hmm. the Bible and they are attracted to get close to you and they tell them, hey, if you want normal, you can join. Come, we have a short class that will help you see the whole picture before you start running out with small pictures mm-hmm. in the Bible. And others... They just see the resource center. They come in, so we just go around trying to talk to different people. Whoever is really committed and sacrificial and is interested in knowing more, they come in. It's not hard. It's very uh, friendly financially. It's not. It's literally helping the community. Sure.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good okay well let's any any questions from from the ones that are on here uh, for our brother
4: Thank you Jimmy for sharing those um, very interesting and, and helpful uh, just one question for you you had mentioned um, when you were at home um, it seemed like um, like Christianity was not working for you and uh, mm-hmm. but you couldn't talk about it because. Uh, other people wouldn't like be very. Um, they, they would they would think bad of you to to talk about that. Um, how how can we identify people in places like that, and how can we how can we help?
0: Yeah, uh, I think uh, first of all is trying to really uh, let your life be the light. Uh, mm-hmm. for, at least for me, people who knew me, all all of the people who knew me, when they see me, they are really they say they see something different about my mm-hmm. life. But also when I I feel like it all depends on someone's openness and honesty. Sometimes people don't. It is not easier to let go of your beliefs that you grew up with. So. Sure. I'm not sure exactly what to do to, so that you get them in, but when people see your actions, the way you live your life, when you become a city set on a hill, when you become that soul that doesn't lose its sweetness, it's very easy for people to see that there's something special about you, there's something that they should know more about. So for me, that's what, at least for me, that's what attracted me to the church. Yeah. hmm yeah, thank you for that.
4: Um, the reason I ask and what I was thinking about is oftentimes uh, when people leave the faith, it seems like some mm. sudden thing that happened. But, you know, a lot of was happening in their mind for, for a long time before that, and people aren't aware of that, you know, because they're not, they're mm. not talking about it. But they're making mm. these decisions, and then suddenly, mm. it, it looks like suddenly, they, uh, they leave the faith. So, uh, yeah, that's where I was just uh, wondering if there's some way to to reach those people earlier.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. I haven't thought about that. So, because right. it wasn't one of my struggles. It wasn't, I have not come across anyone who's like that. But, yeah, I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Thank you. I uh,
4: received a message in the chat. And somebody said, thank you, Brother Jimmy, for sharing your story. It is very, very encouraging to hear how God is using you. God bless you. Jimmy, how important do you think
1: it is for us to be part of a a fellowship, to be part of a a church family that's striving Mm -hmm. to walk together? Do you feel that's important?
0: It's very important. I highly recommend that because if you're not a part of a bigger body who holds you accountable when you're struggling with your faith who, who holds your hand when when you're this is, uh, in a in a period of questioning your faith you have to walk with someone hmm. it, it's it's hard to walk alone yes you have to really be a part of a bigger body to really hold you accountable and encourage you to move on even when things seem hard and all that and that's one thing i appreciate about uh the the church community that i fellowship with yeah
1: Mm -hmm. sure good yeah amen it's it's together that we can be much more of a proclamation of the kingdom of god yes we're together yeah yeah any other questions for our brother here
3: yeah. Well, good morning. Yes, I have a question. Good morning. Someone else coming on? Uh, go yes.
1: ahead, Wendell. Go ahead, Wendell. And then um, we'll let then Royden next. And Royden, um, I would like you to close this time in prayer then as well. So, Brother yes. Jimmy, um, Royden is, is Stan's father. He's on yes. here.
0: Yes, I'm happy <laughs> to see him. I'm yeah. so happy to see him.
1: Yes, so uh, Royden, we'll let you ask your question here just a second and then close us in prayer. Uh, go ahead, Wendell.
3: Yes, Jimmy, Brother Jimmy, I really appreciated what you shared and, you know, taking the time out of the middle of your day for this. Mm-hmm. Um, one question related to what Bryant just asked you is, so I, I really liked what you shared about about hospitality and how the church there was has really shown you hospitality and, mm-hmm. and Brian asked you about the importance of the church and, and the fellowship and community. And I'm, I'm curious, what does your normal week look like? Like how much time do you spend with your church community is, and and, and how important is, yeah, you said that's important. And I, am sure it is. What's a normal week? Oh my.
0: I think I spend, <laughs> I do not spend a day without seeing a brother, three or two brothers or sisters in the church. So it's, we are really in touch. Our brotherhood, its we do not, maybe for a few, but as for me, almost on a daily basis. If I don't see any, any of the brothers or sisters, I think I gonna get sick. I don't know. But maybe I'm exaggerating, but they're part of me. They're part of my, I, know, I, I see them. I work with them every day. So... There's no way possible that i can't see them
3: yeah Wonderful. right great that's that's very interesting that's good is that do you feel that community is pretty was pretty important in bringing you in like and also keeping you part of it would you miss come again is that that community that you have and being together, the fellowship and the accountability that you have, that's pretty important in in your faith and keeping you in the
0: faith. For sure. A hundred percent, yes. I many times forget about my own family, biological family, when I'm close here. So I have to be reminded many times, but I feel like this is my family now. I feel like without... Them being there for me. And also, I've really been try, trying to obey scriptures. So, but I can only succeed by their help. And we believe as a community that we have to be together. It is something that we do on a daily basis. We don't have to be reminded. Yeah, so, that has been helpful for my journey with Christ. <clears throat> yes thank you
3: man
1: <clears throat> yeah thank you for those questions Wendell um that's, that's beautiful brother Jimmy that sounds like the church in Acts so that's that's great mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so Royden uh is going to speak here right shortly and Royden I, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and close this in prayer then once you've asked whatever question you would like um so earlier our brother was sharing how he met um his his introduction to followers of the way was through um, a brother from America and that was Stan Cornelson I think is actually on the mm-hmm. call here and uh, that Stan is uh, a Roydon's son um so that was influential mm-hmm. in in Jimmy's connection with the church there and etc so brother Ro- Royden um go ahead
2: yeah hello uh Jimmy hi, hi. um yeah my uh my 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 question um, was um, sort of a line of what? Wendell asked about about your your connection and your accountability. Um, so um, you, if I understand it correctly, you would you would meet once a week uh, as a small core group, uh, brothers, couple of brothers, right? And you would share um, how how your life is and any. Like you, you try to be hundred percent open with your life, your purity, and your uh, your life. So I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that. And yeah, so
0: <clears throat> we have accountability groups. We call it christoformity. Mm-hmm. The idea is we want to be Christ-formed. Like, like we want to hold each other to an extent that we will really be perfect as our Father is perfect, and also. We have in every week we have a day where we meet and uh, and talk about different things, but we are thinking about making it a daily basis, like giving an account of how we spent our days from weeks to days, like how we spent our whole day. So we do it, yes, every week, but we are now planning on making it a daily basis. Call, call one another, call this brother, call the other one know what is happening wherever they are, whatever they are doing, yeah. It has really been helpful and important.
2: Yeah, thank you. That, that is, uh, that's great. I think that's, uh, that's a very important part of, of, uh, of a brotherhood to keep each other accountable. And yeah, I really appreciate your story. I, uh, I remember when uh, when we were there in Uganda, we met uh, outside of Antioch. I think the first time when I met you, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and I uh, yeah, always uh, appreciate your your zeal for the Lord, and um, yeah, I see that you have uh, you have grown much in your your uh, your walk with the Lord. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. Just just Amen. keep on and uh, encouraging one another the other brothers as well, like, yeah, just keep that up. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead and close us in prayer, Brother Royden. All right, let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you so much that we can, uh, call you Father and, that you are our God, um, where we are, if we are in, in America, in Canada, or in Uganda, thank you that you are the same everywhere and that we can call upon you and we, we can connect in this way. Thank you for, uh, brother Jimmy and his, his, uh, his journey, his desire to, to, uh, to follow you and his commitment to follow you, I pray, Father, uh, for Jimmy and the other brothers and sisters and mm. and the church there, um, Falls Away Church in Uganda. I pray that they can be um, instrumental in and in bring a lot more people into the kingdom. I pray that that. Uh, many more people in Uganda, uh, in Kampala, there, and throughout East Africa would um, see you and, and uh, follow you. Thank you for uh, <clears throat> what Jimmy has shared. I pray that we could all um, leave, encourage here, and uh, serve you faithfully. I just, uh, yes. Father, pray for much grace, and uh, your truth would be revealed. We pray all in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.
1: Okay, well, it's been a Thank real you. treat, Brother Jimmy, to have you on this morning. You you really inspired me. And I know that there was quite a group of folks on here this morning, and I'm sure your, your testimony has resonated with all of us. And uh, we're going to pray for protection around you as well. Whenever we share our testimony in this way, um, we, there's a, there's a prince of this world, uh, uh, that does not like these kind of things. And so mm-hmm. let's, let's remember to hold our brother up uh, in prayer this week and or today and in, in the next week, um, pray for brother Jimmy and the church there as you seek to advance God's kingdom there. So mm-hmm. God bless you. And it's, it's a, it's a privilege to, to have gotten to know you this week. Um, so, yeah, and then next week, and you're always welcome to hop on our calls here um, mm-hmm. as well. Every every morning, every Saturday morning uh, at 6, 6 a.m. Eastern time. So next next Saturday, Lord willing, uh, Mike Fisher is joining us from, uh, he's from Bedford, Pennsylvania, part of uh, Burning Bush Mennonite Church, I believe. His name of their congregation, mm-hmm. and his title is Reaching Prisoners, uh, Literature, COVID-19, and criminal justice trends sounds like a fascinating talk so that'll be next saturday morning lord willing god bless you all and let's be faithful for our king today grace and peace
2: goodbye as iron sharpens iron so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend